0: Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, rescheduled from last week, it's been about three months since the VA announced a new clinic would be coming to Findlay, and about six months until it will officially be open. Hancock County Veterans Services is doing much of the hard work right now. Nicole Coleman will join us with more information. Also this morning, tax filing season is officially here. What you need to know as you get ready to prepare and file your return. And in today's Throwback Thursday segment, this past Saturday marked International Holocaust Remembrance Day. Whatever happened to the personal heirlooms of those victims? A conversation with the author of the touching book, Love and Treasure. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, February 1st, 2024. We're beginning the second month of the year already. It's just, uh, wow, where has the time gone? Uh, It seems like just yesterday we were counting down and ringing in the new year, and here we are into the uh, second month of the year already. What kind of music do you typically listen to? What is your favorite uh, uh, type of music? And what kind of effect does it actually have on you physically? Physically. This is really interesting research out of Finland. The the uh, researchers uh, mapped out where people felt music physically in their bodies. They uh, sought out volunteers for this, exposed them to various types of music, sad songs. They say are actually they they I guess connected probes and sensors <laughs> to the to these uh, participants bodies to measure where they had a physical reaction to different kinds kinds of music. Sad song, songs are actually felt in the heart. They noticed a, uh, a change in, in the heart. The sensors picked up changes in the heart when they heard sad songs. Aggressive music like heavy metal uh, will make your head hot, <laughs> the researchers say. Dance music does give you happy feet. Uh, the study involved 2,000 participants across Europe, North America, and China. And the, the results were the same across all cultures. So it truly is the universal language. Music-induced emotions are likely independent of culture and learning and based on inherited biological mechanisms, according to Professor Lori Numenama. Newman, 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 Ma, Newman, Ma. Anyway, the professor <laughs> who conducted the uh, survey. He uh, is studying. I thought it was uh, rather interesting. It actually does have a physical uh, impact on uh, where you feel the music. I thought it was interesting. Uh, so we're creeping ever close, uh, ever closer to spring and summer vacation season. Spring break, summer vacation season. Where are you planning to travel this year? This is a good time to start thinking about that. And several US sites have been named on National Geographic's list of the top 20 travel experiences around the globe. So, I guess every year they uh, compile one of these lists. They talk with their National Geographic explorers and experts and, you know, travel uh, people, people who travel all over the world, and uh, they compile a list of the top 20 travel experiences around the globe. And uh, you don't always have to go to some uh, global, globally exotic location. There are a number of uh, places in the U.S. The Katmai National Park in Alaska is one that's on the list. Uh, Route 66 in New Mexico. Uh, is on the list. I don't know why New Mexico specifically. I guess in New Mexico, they still have uh, a lot of the uh, sites that were once once dotted the National Road from coast to coast, but in New Mexico, they've really embraced the the whole Route 66 thing. So, Route 66 specifically in New Mexico, if you can only drive one part of Route 66, make it New Mexico. And uh, real close to home, the West Virginia New River. Um We're on the list. The best in the world, 2024. New York also popped up on the list. Antiquing in the Hudson Valley is one of the top 20 travel experiences, according to National Geographic. And observing the total solar eclipse, but specifically at Niagara Falls. Now, that would be kind of cool. I mean, you know, we're expecting a lot of folks to be in our area for the uh, solar eclipse but to view the solar eclipse at niagara falls that would be kind of cool national geographic editors photographers and explorers compiled the annual list the number one travel experience is a horseback safari in kenya's barana conservancy so you know for that for the number one yeah that's a that's a little uh out of the way off the beaten path there in kenya but there are plenty of uh Destinations. If you're looking for a memorable uh, experience for your travels, there you go. National Geographic is out with the list. Uh, what else is going on among the first things you need to know? The most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. If you're looking for a new job or if you know someone, you know, young person who is now starting to think of their uh, career options. Uh, Heading off to college, according to American Community Survey data, most people making over $150,000 are are lawyers, managers, and CEOs. That is what you should aspire to if you want to make 150 dollars or more. Industries that tend to pay at least this much include computer system design, legal services, and financial investing. The All-Star Home Analysis also found that there were regional salary differences in the Northwest and the South. Physicians tend to make the most. Uh, Lawyers and judges make the most in the Midwest. And in terms of computer people, software developers, CEOs, that kind of thing, Seattle and Miami have the most. So not a surprise there. But uh, kind of interesting, the uh, latest data on... Places and positions that pay uh, the most. Um, (laughs) Chipotle is looking at hiring about 19,000 people. They are getting ready for burrito season as we inch ever closer to March. Apparently, March, April, and May is what they call burrito season. So named because burrito sales jump by 20% during that time frame. Burrito season. Why, you might ask, do you see big jump in burrito sales in March, April, April, and May? Well, number one, the weather breaks. Uh, they say it, uh, it seems like people are in a happier mood as you get more sunlight. Um, people's negative emotions from winter start to decrease and they start to spend more money. And apparently we, we go out and buy burritos. <laughs> oh, that's as good a reason as any. And then why do burrito sales dip after May? Well, that could be, they theorize, because many Chipotle locations are in college towns uh, and they do well with young people. And then college classes end right around May and uh, and the college kids go home. Many students leave town. And so they see the, uh, the dip. So March through May, they're... It's like it's like retail that hire for the holiday season, but it's burrito season or Chipotle. Nineteen thousand people they're going to hire. So I, anyway, and uh, lastly, here among the first things you need to know, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. Speaking of jobs and employment, obviously, people these days are worried about artificial intelligence or robots coming for your job. Well. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, Apparently, as the use of robots in manufacturing uh, workplaces, as the use of robots becomes more ubiquitous, a new job category for human workers is emerging. Uh, You could be a robot wrangler. (laughs) A robot wrangler. Like cattle wranglers or horse wranglers. These are professionals tasked with shepherding the robots populating warehouses across the country, making sure that they stay out of trouble. (laughs) This is a report of the Wall Street Journal. Uh, Scott Samples uh, is a robot wrangler at a Roper appliance manufacturing plant in Georgia. It is his job to keep his robots that are taxiing parts and products around the facility on their designated pathways. And he says it's not always easy. Uh Sean says we have found them on a receiving dock, just looking like a lost child in the park, not <laughs> just wandering around aimlessly, not sure not sure where to go. Things like that. Um uh, Sean Cusack, robot engineer in Oakland, California, says that working with robots isn't as intense as many imagine. Um people envision robots as these completely intelligent terminator level kind of devices but they're actually pretty silly sometimes so (laughs) they need a little human intervention little human help wandering around aimlessly like little kids and you gotta you know put them back on task (laughs) or you could just get rid of the robots and have the humans do it uh and uh then you could eliminate the whole thing but no that would be too easy i guess anyway there you go (laughs) so most excuse me, some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started here.
1: WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, partly to mostly cloudy today, a high in the low 40s, partly cloudy tonight, uh, low in the mid 30s. There's a new push to enforce the death penalty in Ohio.
2: State representatives have filed a new bill to enforce existing law, and they note that this should not change how often a jury decides to impose the death penalty. But when they do, the state should follow through with carrying out capital punishment as a way to give justice to victims' families. Officials say one of the strategies they could use for capital punishment is through the use of nitrogen gas. Just last week, Alabama became the first state to carry out an execution in that way. I'm Tracy Townsend.
1: The Finley-Hancock County Community Foundation reached a big milestone in 2023. The foundation surpassed $85 million in grants and scholarships awarded since its inception in 1992. Community Foundation President and CEO Brian Treese thanks everybody who made their successes possible in 2023 and who will partner with them for the exciting things to come this year. Get more on our website. President Joe Biden will soon visit East Palestine, Ohio, south of Youngstown. This comes as we approach the one-year mark since the train derailment and toxic spill. The White House announced the president will visit in February. He plans
0: to meet with residents impacted by the Norfolk Southern train derailment. The Biden administration has taken action to improve rail safety and continues to call on Congress to pass the Bipartisan Railway Safety Act. I'm Dave Chodowski.
1: United Way of Hancock County says it'll be distributing $347,000 towards local programs working to fight hunger. United Way's grant review team strategically increased funding in the area of fighting hunger in response to rising grocery prices and a demonstrated increase in people and families seeking assistance. Among the organizations the food security funds will support is the Finley YMCA's Feed a Child program, which administers the summer lunch program and provides weekend meal bags for students. United Way recently announced that its 2023 annual campaign raised $2 million, which will be distributed among several local programs. And remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com.
0: So now to our cover story this morning. It has been three months since the VA announced a new clinic would be coming to Finley, And it's still about six months out from actually opening. But folks at Hancock County Veteran Services are doing much of the uh, hard work, much of the heavy lifting in preparing for this right now. And... Uh, Uh, Veteran Services uh, Director Nicole Coleman is with us uh, in the studio this morning. Nicole, thanks very much for dropping by. Good morning, Chris. Uh, Folks, remember, uh, we had planned uh, to uh, have this discussion last week, and you were a little under the weather. It's been going around uh, feeling better today. Yes, feeling great. And the sun's shining. And the sun is shining. That is super exciting. You can't ask for more than that. So this, uh, again, this very exciting stuff, and we want to kind of revisit this because if memory serves back when uh, we had you in, in October when this had just been announced. Uh, you were kind of like everyone else. There were some things that you didn't quite know yet, uh, all of the details and all of that. What do you know now, three months later, that you can share? You know, what is What is the latest update? Yeah.
3: So one of the things that we were not sure how it was going to roll out was if people live closer to Finley than Toledo Mm -hmm. or Lima or Marion, wherever it is that they're using, do they have to transfer? Yeah. The the answer is no, they do not have to transfer. Okay. Um, What is the process for the transfer? If a veteran is already enrolled in the Ann Arbor VA medical system, which means more than likely they use the Toledo clinic, Mm -hmm. they are going to get a letter in the mail when they are, when the VA is ready to start transferring people to this new medical team at mm-hmm. the Finley Clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, so if veterans are listening right now and they're in the Ann Arbor VA Medical Center, just know they don't have to do anything at all right now. They can just wait until they get that letter. Okay. Then if they, you know, hear other people are getting the letter and they didn't get the letter, just call our office and we'll explain the process to them. Okay. The other thing that we have found is that, um, and this is, this is the exciting part for me, is that there have been quite a few people who have called our office who have never used the VA medical center before, system before, mm-hmm. and now they want to because it's going to be... In our own backyard. Local and more convenient to do so. Right. Yeah. So if you are in that situation, we encourage you to register now, because as we all know, nothing with the federal government happens quickly. <laughs> right. And so if we, and by we, I mean my staff, the people in the Veterans Office at Hancock County, mm-hmm. we will fill out the paperwork for you. First of all, we'll tell you what we need from you then we will fill out the paperwork for you. We'll send it to Ann Arbor to get you registered. And then, um, you know, when you go through your orientation process, you just let them know at that time that you want to be a part of the Finley Clinic. So they'll assign you to that medical team. Okay. Um, So that is really exciting that more people are getting registered with the VA Medical Center.
0: Right, absolutely. Uh, So how long does that process take? As we mentioned, it's going to be, uh, maybe about six months, maybe a little less before this clinic is actually up and and operating. So signing up now to to start that process uh, rolling, I mean what's the what kind of time frame are you' looking at?
3: Yeah, so as you
0: said, nothing moves quickly. right.
3: So. Usually about a month okay is kind of the normal process. It might be a little bit longer right now because of the fact that more people are registering mm-hmm. than normal and in if our you, area.
0: Yeah. if you, It's like, again, like anything else, if you wait till the last minute, that wait is going to be longer more than right. likely. Right. Yeah.
3: You know, and one of the, the reason that I am so excited that people are registering who haven't used it before is because um, one of the biggest heartbreaks for me in this line of work is When I get a phone call from an adult child of a veteran or the spouse of a veteran and says, you know, my father, my mother had a stroke, they've been at the local hospital for the last 19 days, we just found out insurance isn't going to pay, you know, after the 21st day, Mm -hmm. so we'd like to get them registered in the VA medical center so that they can go there. Yeah. Well, I can't make that happen in two days. Yeah. Um, yeah. in most circumstances. And so usually there's not anything I can do to help with that situation. So now they're going to have to look at, you know, local nursing homes. Whereas if mm-hmm. someone's already registered in the VA health care system, one, they might be able to stay right where they are with the VA paying for it, or two, they can go to a VA registered nursing home and the VA may cover those costs. So yeah. it
2: really
0: just helps us help the family. Yeah, that really underscores the importance of getting signed up, even if you don't have an immediate need. Right. And that's really what you're emphasizing now.
3: Exactly. And then all you have to do is use it annually um, for your you know, annual physical. Get your blood drawn, get your eyes checked, Get your free pair of glasses Mm -hmm. if you need glasses or want glasses. Right. And that keeps you as an active patient. It's that simple.
0: Yeah, and uh, again, given the fact that we will have this clinic uh, in Findlay, and again, talk a little bit about this, this is not a, a hospital that right. they're opening. This is a clinic that will be able to do to provide basic services.
3: Right. right? So it will be a primary care team, mm-hmm. um, which which means either a nurse practitioner or a physician's assistant or a medical doctor.
0: Mm-hmm. and then Or maybe all of the above.
3: Well, the the first team will be the leader of the team is one of those, mm-hmm. and then they have their support team. So gotcha. a nurse, you know, probably a med tech, um, you know, the the uh, pharmacist. So the the people who help answer questions mm-hmm. and help provide the care that that patient needs. Okay. Um, so. The first team that comes is going to be a team that is already operating as a team within the VA medical system. And that's really important because it made me feel more secure about how well the system is going to operate Mm -hmm. because the VA system does operate a little differently than the standard clinic. Mm-hmm. And and by standard I mean civilian clinics, right, right? And so I'm glad to hear that they are bringing a team that's already together, and yeah. then they will, when they hire people, they will backfill those positions. Once that team has the full patient load that that is appropriate, then they will build a second team that will be new employees. Um, so. If you're listening and you're wanting to work for the VA, um, I believe it's called USA Jobs. Clearly, I haven't been in the job market for a long time, but that's where, yeah. that's where you get your resume put out there and keep an eye on the job postings. Yeah. So, so they'll have that primary care team. They will have blood draw services. Mm-hmm. Uh, they won't do lab. Uh, they won't review anything there. Mm-hmm. That will be sent to the lab in Toledo. Mm-hmm. And then they will also have a mental health professional, which more than mm-hmm. likely will be a psychologist. Yeah,
0: that, that's, a, that's a big big thing as well. That's yeah. A, a big thing. Um, so to this point, we're talking about those who have not registered, talking about and talking to those who have not signed up Uh, in the past. Those who have registered with the VA through the Ann Arbor Clinic, uh, it should be a seamless process. Those who have not signed up can do so, and that should be a fairly seamless uh, process, a a simple process. What about those who are registered at other VA clinics?
3: So if you are enrolled in the Dayton VA hospital, which means more than likely you probably use the Lima Clinic, mm-hmm. or if you're registered at Columbus and you use the Marion Clinic, mm-hmm. the only way you will be eligible to use the Finley Clinic is if you transfer to Ann Arbor. So you have to be enrolled um, in the Ann Arbor VA Medical Center in order to be eligible to use the Finley Clinic, Okay, um, and you can call to to make that transfer happen. But that is not something you can do until they start taking patients, and at this point, okay. I don't know yet when that is going to be. We'll make sure we send out a press release, uh, you know. So I encourage so people we'll, to stay tuned to WFIN we'll so that, that you hear when that's happening. Uh,
0: again, these are this is not the last conversation we'll have on this because it is a a, a big deal and it is a uh, really terrific resource. For veterans in Finley and Hancock County particularly, there will be some who will come from outside of Finley and Hancock County to utilize the clinic as well. So it uh, even uh, stretches beyond the county. But I would imagine for those individuals who are currently registered uh, with Dayton VA, it may be for other reasons other than just the proximity of the Lima Clinic. So there would probably be a lot of things that you would want to keep in mind. Right. You yeah know, when so making if, that decision
3: so if you have had the same doctor mm-hmm. for several years right. or you have a team of specialists who know your medical needs right, keep in mind that if you transfer, you are you're leaving them right,
0: you and, know like and you're and going, going to have or all new you, or if you have a uh, family in Dayton, a support structure uh outside of the v a in Dayton you know. For that uh, purpose, you know that it might be more convenient to stay where you are. Exactly. In some of those cases. Exactly.
3: And and I also know that there are a lot of people who, when they have their medical appointments, their spouse takes the day off and they go shopping and they go out to eat, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know. Mm -hmm. So if you like Dayton, you like Columbus, you know, stick with where you are. But if you if you don't have a lot of extra specialists, you don't have any major medical or situations going on. Right. Jail. Then Ann Arbor is is the way to go mm-hmm. so that you can use this right. Finley Clinic. Right. And if for no other reason, you know, I always say when the doctor calls me and says, hey, you have an appointment coming up next week, I just put in an order for lab work that I want to be able to review with you when you come in. So I need you to do that lab work before your appointment next week. Well, I don't have time to take a half a day off mm-hmm. to go up to Toledo yeah. or Lima or Marion. But I but I could run over to the Finley Clinic on my lunch break. Right. So yeah. it really is going to simplify things. Yeah,
0: got to uh, got to balance uh, all of the uh, all of the needs. There's not the requirement uh, to right. enroll in the Findlay Cl- uh, Clinic, but there is the opportunity. So right, uh, some very important points there as well. Again, it's not the last time we'll talk about this, but that's kind of where we are now. If folks have questions, your your office can answer those. Right?
3: Absolutely, HancockVeterans.com is our website. You can call us at 419-424-7036. Schedule an appointment to meet with one of our veteran advocates and we'll answer your questions and help you apply if you haven't done that yet. Again uh,
0: Hancock County Veteran Services uh, Office Director Nicole Coleman with us this morning uh, talking about plans now for this uh, new VA clinic that'll be open here in just a few months uh, here in Findlay. Uh, Nicole thanks very much for the update we appreciate it. Thanks. Well, of course, tax filing season is now officially underway as the IRS began accepting returns this week. Lisa Green-Lewis is a CPA and tax expert with TurboTax. Joining us to talk about what is new, what you need to know as you work through the process this year. Lisa, I know every year there are some changes, sometimes very minor changes, sometimes there are big changes. What is new this year in terms of uh, changes to tax laws, uh, adjustments, that kind of thing that filers will need to know about?
2: Yes, Few things to highlight. Um, so inflation adjustments, those increase the most we've seen in decades, about 7%. And so inflation adjustments are adjustments they make every year to like the standard deduction, um, income brackets. And so for this year, um, standard deduction, if you're single is $13,850. Mary filing jointly is 27700 And then the Inflation Reduction Act, a lot of those provisions really kick in. that was expansion of energy-efficient credits, so energy-efficient improvements in your home, as well as electric vehicles. And then one more I want to point out, um, COVID, it's not new, but COVID relief went away last tax season. Mm -hmm. And so um, provisions that people were seeing that were higher credits, those went back to pre-COVID. So people were seeing lower refunds because of that. So like the child tax credit, that was up to $3,600. That went back to $2,000. But I want to highlight it's still available.
0: Okay. Uh, so the big question that uh, I'm sure you get every year right around this time, how do I maximize my tax refund? What do you? What's the answer?
2: Yeah, first, think about moves you make. In your life every day. So, if you bought a home, if you had a baby, worked a side gig, for example, all of those moves you make can help your taxes, um, you know, with write-offs. So, you want to make sure you get all your documents together so you don't leave anything out related to any of those things that you you did last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, e-file with direct deposit. That's the fastest way to get your tax refund.
0: Now, uh, speaking of not leaving anything out, uh I am sure that this comes up every year. By now, we should have all of the forms that we need, the uh W2s, the 1099s, the you know, interest statements, all of those things. What if we are missing something at this point? What how should we handle that if we, if we think there's something we should have? In terms of a form from an employer or from someone else that we don't have yet?
2: Yes. So payers or employers or your, um, they should have your W-2s and some 1099s should be issued by today. So if you don't see them, I would first contact your employer, your payroll provider or financial institution. um, If you don't have those, Um, I know with, TurboTax, we have the ability to import directly from hundreds of financial institutions and payroll providers. Mm -hmm. So you may be able to import um, your W-2s or 1099s directly.
0: The biggest thing is don't just say, oh, well, it's no big deal and we won't worry about it. Uh, You definitely want to track those things down.
2: You definitely want to track them down. And then even, you know, if you're self-employed, time you won't get a form unless you make over like the 1099 NEC. You get that at the point you make $600. Yeah. Um, so even if you don't get that, you're supposed to report your income. Yeah.
0: yeah. So make sure that we just don't want to make sure that we leave anything out that could cause problems later on. What are uh, some of the uh, other tax trends that you are seeing? I'm sure there's like anything else uh, year in and year out, you see different trends. What are the, what are the tax trends that you are seeing this year?
2: The end of last year, we put out a trend report and we saw a lot of interesting findings, but we're still seeing, um, an increase in people becoming self-employed or working side gigs. Mm -hmm. So we saw, um, six point, I'm sorry, 8.1% of filers included a form that indicated they were self-employed or working a side gig up from 6.7%.
0: So again, uh, just highlighting the importance of making sure that you have all of the documentation, all the numbers, that you're not leaving anything out, especially uh, if you are working for yourself. And for those individuals, especially those who may be Uh, filing with some of those extra complications of self-employment, side gigs, and so on for the first time, what options are available to those who may want or need some extra guidance in preparing their return?
2: They can come to TurboTax, and they can get their taxes prepared by a TurboTax live expert who can prepare them from start to finish, and they can meet with them virtually or new this year, We have the option to meet with them in person, you know, meet with a local tax expert.
0: And by the way, for those who will do it themselves, uh, you know, using the uh, the software and, and so on, there is still help available uh, if you want to go that route. And this may help some folks. I'm just going to throw this out here. I know it was really helpful to me last year when I took this approach. There is no rule that says that you have to do this all at once. The software will make it really easy to do a little bit at a time, save your progress, and then kind of come back and pick it up later. If you break it, down into smaller chunks it may seem a lot less daunting.
2: Right Um, yes and now new this year too we have Intuit Assist that's our AI powered financial assistant and so it does real-time accuracy checks and then also it translates the product fully in Spanish. Um, It also gives you deep explanations of like why you're getting a
0: certain deduction and credit so mm. you understand your tax situation. Yeah. Uh really uh important to start thinking about this and and getting it started because even though April 15th, which is the deadline uh day of this year, April 15th, it may seem like a long way away, but uh obviously it's going to be here b- before you know. At least Green Lewis is a CPA tax expert with TurboTax. Where do we get more information, Lisa? You can go to TurboTax.com. And we will link that up on our webpage as well. Lisa Green-Lewis, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you
2: for having me.
0: This is Good Mornings with Chris Oakes on 1330 WFIN, WFIN WFIN.com and 95.5 FM.
3: We interrupt this program to bring you a broken
4: news
2: alert.
0: Our lead story in the broken news this morning comes from Timmins, Ontario, Canada, where the local Pizza Hut restaurant has gone viral for a sign posted on their front door with a very unfortunate spelling error. The restaurant posted a sign saying that its dining area would be closed due to unforeseen circumcisions. Of course, it was supposed to say unforeseen circumstances. But as one person posted online as this uh, photo uh, of the sign circulated on social media, typos are my worst enema. (laughs) Unforeseen circumcisions. The uh, local hospital weighed in, advising the restaurant to just stick to making pizza and leave the medical procedures to us. But my favorite comment... (laughs) <laughs> but this online was the person who uh, said, I've heard of staff cuts, but this is a bit extreme. Now, there is no word on uh, what the unforeseen circumstances were that caused the dining room to be closed. But I'm thinking after a few days rest and recuperation, they should be just fine. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, Elsewhere in the broken news, a Florida woman is under arrest after she allegedly threatened workers in a convenience store with a vegetable peeler while naked. (laughs) That's that's all kinds of awesome, right? That when I saw the headline, "Woman threatens worker, woman threatens convenience store workers with a vegetable peeler while naked," I'm thinking this has got to be. A story a broken news story the 35 uh, year old uh, woman um uh, also uh <clears throat> performed uh, inappropriate acts right in front of law enforcement officers when they were uh, called to respond at the racetrack store in st petersburg according to court documents uh, the woman also pushed over a red bull energy drink display and spilled a carton of cigarettes um One of the store workers told police that the woman had also threatened uh, him uh, before they arrived. Uh, The story goes on to say that uh, she was uh, arrested for, among other charges, public intoxication. How did I know that there was some sort of intoxicating substance involved uh, in this? Interesting choice of of weapon. A vegetable peeler. (laughs) Well, naked. All right. Um, staying in the uh, Sunshine State, a man arrestedly uh, uh, was arrested for allegedly running naked into a church uh, into a church thrift store in Ocala, Florida, and stealing a t-shirt. Let me repeat that. Uh, in Ocala, Florida, a man was uh, arrested for allegedly running naked into a church thrift store and stealing a t-shirt. Well, I guess that would make sense, actually, when you think about it. Uh, deputies were dispatched to the Wings of Faith thrift store on Wednesday after several people flagged them down to report a naked man running around everywhere. Uh, according to the arrest report, Michael DeCosta, age 38, allegedly entered the store fully nude, uh, was given a pair of shorts and told to leave. He wound up stealing a T-shirt on his way out, still completely naked. He hadn't put on the uh, shorts yet, but he did have shorts. He did have a T-shirt. Uh, the suspect made no effort to uh, cover himself up while in the store and was acting erratic. Um, the uh, store manager says they are planning on pressing criminal charges for retail theft of the T-shirt, which was valued at $5. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. DeCosta told uh, the uh, arresting deputies... That he had uh, run into the thrift store for the sole purpose of gathering some clothes. Why he had no clothes at the time remains a mystery. <laughs> Quite the sight, I would think. Uh, there a little excitement at the uh, church thrift store in Ocala, the Wings of Faith thrift store. Uh, let's see. Elsewhere in the uh, broken news, uh, this from Mary Olding, This sounds like something that would happen in Florida, but no, it was actually in England, in London. Police officers uh, cruising the streets were baffled by the sight of a man running with a refrigerator strapped to his back. A refrigerator strapped to his back. Daniel Fairbrother, age 34, explained to the officers that no, he hadn't stolen the refrigerator. Uh, it was his. He was actually running uh, through the streets as a training exercise. He is planning on uh, running in the London Marathon, and the 55-pound fridge strapped to his back was part of his training. <laughs> uh, Mr., uh, Mr. Fairbrother is hoping to raise 10,000 pounds, usually be a little over $12,000, for diabetes research, uh, in honor of his friend who is diabetic, so. <laughs> training with a refrigerator on his back. <laughs> Alrighty then. Uh, elsewhere, speaking of uh, merry old England, this is a little unusual. Uh, according to a an auction house in England, they have sold off at auction a two hundred eighty five year old lemon. A lemon. Now, when I first read that, I thought a, a lemon like an old car or something, you know, like a lemon. Uh, but no, this is an actual lemon. The fruit, 285 years old. They auctioned it off for $1,700. The aged fruit was found in the back of a 19th century cabinet. And it actually bore an inscription given by Mr. P. Lou Franchini... November 4th, 1739 to Miss E. Baxter. <laughs> the auction house decided on a whim to sell the lemon separate from the cabinet that it was found in. Uh, the lemon actually sold for nearly $1,800 while the cabinet sold for 40 bucks. <laughs> How crazy is that? 200-year-old lemon. All right. Uh, no we'll skip that one not that good and uh this in the broken news this morning um you know how you hear these stories in the news from time to time of mail being delivered years and years decades after the fact uh people go to the mailbox and they'll they'll find a letter from their great grandfather from World War I that just showed up out of the blue um You know, just some crazy backstory about how it got lost in the mail for decades. Many times these stories are very sweet, but sometimes it's not such a good thing. A 71-year-old woman in Florida, back to the Sunshine State, a 71-year-old woman in Florida allegedly attacked her husband after he received a postcard from 60 years ago from an ex-girlfriend. (laughs) Bertha Yalter allegedly attacked her husband of 52 years on Sunday. Uh, The uh, victim had bruises, cuts, and bite marks. Um, Ms. uh, Yalter is facing charges of attempted murder in the second degree, along with aggravated battery, Uh, all because this (laughs) postcard showed up in the mail uh late of an ex-girlfriend <laughs> uh I' hard to imagine <laughs> that, that marriage lasted for 52 years anyway there you go wonder if he'll uh, Want to get together, get back together with that uh, ex-girlfriend at this point, you know? I think that marriage is over. There you go. Uh, that is today's broken news report and update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. And yet another major brand just announced is halting all social media
1: advertising. The two most overused and abused words in advertising are truth and trust. They are the two most precious commodities for all brands, big and small. As an advertiser, you have to trust your partners to protect your brand's truth. Using the media consumer's trust. Radio, it's on. This message provided by
0: WFIN. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news, and the statistics that shape our lives. Valentine's Day right around the corner now, it's the 1st of February, so just a couple of weeks out, and a new survey of 2000 Americans finds that 40% of Americans, 40% of us have ended a relationship over a bad financial decision. 2 out of 5 have ended a relationship, broken up with someone because of a bad financial decision. Um when it comes to regrets, over loves lost. 27% in this survey wish that they could change what they did when they were young. Um, There's when it regrets when it comes to relationships and bad financial decisions. 27% wish they could change what they did when they were young. 23% have regrets regarding their partner. Most respondents. Want to make sure before making a big decision sixty percent want to be positive before buying a house. You should absolutely be one hundred percent positive before you buy a house uh fifty seven percent want to make sure they are one hundred percent on board before getting married. Generally, I think that's a good thing uh you should be uh one hundred percent on board before getting married. The average American needs to do six hours of research before making a big decision but i thought that was interesting 40 percent of americans have ended a relationship over a bad financial uh, decision Well, just in case you weren't aware this past saturday marked international holocaust remembrance day And in our Throwback Thursday segment this morning, we flash back to a conversation that we had several years ago about one of the nearly forgotten stories of that dark period of history. During the course of the Holocaust, when all of the Jews are being rounded up and herded into concentration camps, their personal belongings and heirlooms From these families were either left behind or forcibly taken as well. Back in May of 2014, we spoke with New York Times bestselling author Islet Waldman about her novel that is centered around the question of what happened to all of those personal possessions and family heirlooms. It's called Love and Treasure, and it is today's Throwback Thursday.
4: Such a remarkable story. I thought I knew everything there was to know about World War II. I'd done so much reading about it. But the story of the Hungarian gold train, you know, the Jews, the Hungary was an ally of Germany during the war. And ironically, that meant that the Jews of Hungary were safe for much of the war. But in 1944, the, um, the, the, with the war coming to a close Mm -hmm. and the Germans realizing that they were losing, Eichmann came into Hungary and he decided that while he was going to lose the war against the Allies, the one war he could win was the Jews, the war against the Jews. And they did this amazing thing. They began ordering the Jews of Hungary to turn over different pieces of property. They would say, all the Jews must show up at the post office and the bank and turn in, for example, their radios, their gold, piece by piece by piece. Mm. And the Jews would, you know, follow these these orders because they were given on pain of death, of course. Right, and, and they no would choice. turn in their property. They would be given receipts for it. But really, it was just this incredible mass-systemized... Theft. And once they had stolen everything they could steal, they then took the people and herded them, as you said, into trains and sent them off to be killed at Auschwitz. Yeah. 90% of the Jews of the Hungarian countryside were murdered at Auschwitz.
0: And this is a novel, this is a fictional story using that uh, as the backdrop, which was very real.
4: Yes, absolutely. The story of the train was absolutely real. So when when Russia starts invading from the east, the Hungarian there's there's this bureaucratic office called the Jewish property office. Now no Jews were involved in that office. That was just Hungarian bureaucrats who were in charge with gathering up the Jewish property. Right. They decided that they wanted to save the property from being taken by the the Russians and they had this idea that somehow the Germans would snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. So they loaded all of this, everything from gold and gemstones to the stamp collections, onto this very long train and the train set out in the direction of Berlin, guarded by some Hungarian fascist guards and these bureaucrats, these members of the Jewish property office who had been tasked with collecting the property from the Jews. And then the war ends and suddenly they find themselves, you know... The, they have lost the war, and they are in possession of the accumulated wealth of a murdered people. Mm-hmm. And they know that's not going to look good for them. Right. So what do they do? They find the first, you know, passing army U.S. Army captain they can, and they turn the train over to the U.S. Army. They basically say, hey, here's something you might be interested in. It's up to, in today's currency, $4 billion worth of stuff wow. that we stole and we're just going to you know disappear into the countryside and you won't hear from us again
0: yeah basically you deal with it yes so your are hot potato it's yours now so that's really where the where the book starts out yes exactly. and then fast forward to modern day um was it is it uh new york Modern-day it New begins in, in
4: Maine, actually. In Maine. Um, okay, I'm
0: sorry, in Maine. And uh, and one of these pieces has kind of resurfaced.
4: Yes, yeah, so, so this, this, this man, Jack Weissman, who is a young American Army lieutenant who was tasked with guarding the train, did what many, many people did at the time, and he slipped a, a piece of jewelry from the train into his pocket way back in 1946. Mm-hmm. And then when he is an old man in, in in 2013 and he is dying he feels this terrible sense of shame for what he did and he he go he he asks his granddaughter to take this pendant and to return it To Budapest to find some living relative of the person to whom it belonged, to find a way to absolve his guilty conscience. Hmm. And the middle section of the novel is about her and the art dealer that who helps her try to find the the person who owned this pendant and to try to return it to their heirs. And it's almost like a, a caper novel. You know, I, I'm a person who believes that literary fiction should also be fun to read and mm-hmm. should be interesting and a page-turner. Yeah. And even as it moves you and teaches you something new, it should also entertain you. And so this this middle section is written almost as a caper.
0: Yeah. So uh, there is a mystery involved, and uh, the, the book is actually almost three parts, because you do learn about the history of this yes. piece. Uh, in the last the of the novel,
4: I take you back to Budapest in 1913, yeah. and I introduce you to the woman who owned that pendant, so that you can see who she was and what we lost when that world was erased.
0: Yeah. Um, it was kind of interesting. I was reading the uh, review from the uh, Washington Post, and uh, a reviewer, uh, Ron Charles, uh, public, uh, pointed out that it must be, uh, difficult and and kind of a, a delicate balancing act to take uh, this type of subject matter, which is obviously very sensitive, very uh, personal, very human, and uh, create this fictional story uh, around that, using that as the uh, as the backdrop, as the centerpiece for the for the story.
4: It, it is, and and but you know the thing about telling stories is that um you know I, I read nonfiction, but mostly I read fiction, and I feel like you learn a lot when you read nonfiction but the best nonfiction and the best fiction uses the medium of it uses storytelling to not just teach you something but to make you feel and when when something makes you feel you 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 really you learn the history in a way that you don't when you're just learning sort of facts and figures yeah. and, and i really wanted to use this piece of jewelry to it, to to show to, to tell a story about the people, because you know, we with the monuments, men, and with this recent cache of of paintings that were found in Germany mm-hmm. and, and Austria, yeah, you know, we we them. learn we learn all about how art has survived. Mm-hmm. But the the great tragedy, I think, is that you know we have the art, but the people who made it. Are gone. Yeah,
0: and and this you know humanizes that whole thing uh, so exactly. you can you can see what a tragedy it was. I mean, it's one thing to say, okay, here's the gold train and this is what happened, and oh, isn't that terrible? But then you have a story like this, and it really uh, personalizes it, and, and you really uh, get the sense for uh, the kind of tragedy uh, that it that it actually was. And because this was uh, a real thing, this was you know this really happened. How many stories like this are out there? I mean, how much of this... So
4: You know, what's so fascinating is when I was doing my research, I would again and again discover these incredible stories of, you know, the survivors, Holocaust survivors, would tell me these amazing stories of coincidences and and things that seemed miraculous. And at one point I thought, how is it that all of these people have these incredible stories of of magical moments, um, coincidences and miracles? And then I realized... If you don't have a story like that, if you don't have a story full of miracles or coincidences, you died. Yeah. It was only those those few people, those handful mm. of people, where you know, all the stars lined up in a series of random coincidences that allowed them to be spared the fate of everyone else. I mean, this is a community where, like I said, in the Hungarian countryside, 90% of the Jews were murdered.
0: Yeah. 90%. And so you know that there are more of these pieces of these uh, personal Absolutely. treasures that are out there somewhere um, just... You know, uh, may never be, we may, may never know exactly what happened to all of them, ob- obviously, but there are stories like this that are out there uh, just waiting to be told. Uh, the book is called Love and Treasure. Do you have a website in conjunction with the book? I do. I have my, my
4: website, which is com. A-Y-E-L-E-T-W-A-L-D-M-A-N. And what I have on the website that I think is really great is in a, I have a section for book clubs because there's so many great book clubs who, who read um, wonderful books now. And I have lots of links for future reading i have sections interviews with people that i did during my research i have video clips and i have questions uh you know sample questions for book clubs
0: from may of 2014 our throwback thursday this morning with Eilet waldman author of the book love and treasure in honor of International Holocaust Remembrance Day this past weekend. And with that, we finish up our podcast for today. Want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. Check us out online at goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow morning on the program, artificial intelligence-based scams, deep fakes, tax fraud. Never have there been more threats. The consumers need to be aware of, and it's never been harder to keep up. Until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.